200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One Podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Hey, Jim. Um, last month, um, the New York Police Department suffered three deaths by suicide in the span of 10 days. Three in 10 days. Um, that string of tragedies prompted the commissioner, James O'Neill, uh, to call for officers to not be afraid to ask for help and seek help if they feel they need it. He said in, on Twitter, very long Twitter post, but I'll kind of whittle it down a little. Um, he said, this is a mental health crisis, and we, the NYPD and the law enforcement profession as a whole, absolutely must take action. Um, meanwhile, in Chicago, a couple of weeks prior to uh, the news out of New York uh, about uh, Commissioner O'Neill and his very bold statement on Twitter, um, the Chicago Police Department, which had suffered three deaths by suicide of um, on duty uh, of of, of, of uh, current officers and one death by suicide of a retired officer uh, in the span of ten months, uh, they organized a two day symposium uh, during which they brought in mental health professionals and they brought in command staff and officers and uh, they they taught um, things to look for. They taught um, what you know, as you know, I'm on the board of Blue Help, what we call smash the stigma, um, eliminating the, the stigma of asking for help um, and it, it not being a sign of weakness, that it's really truly a sign of strength to recognize that you, uh, you know, if you have a cold, you take medicine for it. Uh, if you have a medical condition, you go to the doctor. Um, if you have mental health crisis, um, it's okay to go get help. It's okay to not be okay. So uh, I saw those two events with those two really big agencies as being significant. Other agencies elsewhere have done things. I'm not denying that. But having observed this closely for several years, um, both on the board of Blue Help and, and my other work um, on Police One and elsewhere, um, I, I, th- I feel that these two events might be a turning point for other agencies to really follow the lead of these two, these two agencies. What do you think? Yeah, I think we have to be careful in how we proceed. I think having the resources available, having a, a peer resource or peer review uh, officer who can um, spot the, the first signs and offer the assistance, I think that's great. But um, recently, the American Society of Evidence-Based Policing looked at some of those um, uh, peer, re- peer resource officers and um, saw that there were hazards in some of the debriefings and they may have actually added to the problem. So I think um, we've, we definitely have to do something. I mean, the numbers are just seem like they're growing every year. We've definitely got to do something, but we've got to be really careful on our next steps. I think trained uh, psychological professionals should be key in uh, their outreach to the individuals that are showing some signs of, of stress. Yeah. And, and it shouldn't be 
that it should be left to one police officer to solve problems or to, to be the, the lone sounding board to an officer who might be in distress. And I, and I agree with you. I think that um, police officers, they have exposure to other police officers. They have the ability to, they're observant people, inherently observant yeah, people. Yeah. Um, and so for me, and I think, I, I, I'm not going to speak for Blue Help, but I think that there are others on Blue Help who also agree with what I'm about to say. Um, the, the medical professional is the real answer here. Yeah. You, the person who spots it and says, hey, it's okay, you can go. I'm not going to tell anybody, but I, I care enough about you that I think you should get some professional help. Right. Um, that's the approach that I like to see t- people taking in, in departments because you, you can cause more problems than you solve if right. you're not trained in how to be the right listener, the right type of listener. Um, so, it, you know, that those conversations can go sideways. Yeah. And so our, our feeling, my feeling personally, I'll speak for myself, is that, you know, you go to Blue Help, uh, you go to firsthelp.com. There's a whole hit, like, form you fill out with whatever need you have. Um, home life, financial crisis, whatever it is that's troubling you. And you enter your stuff in the database and you get back a bunch of options as pe- professionals mm-hmm. who you can connect with. Right. Um, there's Safe Call Now, which is, you know, the suicide prevention hotline for first responders. There's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Those people are trained. Yeah. And they know they know what they're doing in helping to guide people through crisis. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do agree with you. I think, though, that within the agency, people should be at least aware if not per, you know, professionally trained, of some of the things to look for. And I'm going to tick some of them off for you. I wrote them down. Um, displaying feelings of hopelessness. Um, the, the hanging of the head, the, the, the body language. You don't even necessarily have to hear someone say something that has hopeless tones to it. You can see someone's body language when they feel completely done. Um, withdrawing from your friends and family. So if suddenly your your buddy who you see on the weekends all the time isn't showing up, or if if the family member goes, where the heck is dad? Um, potential sign. Increased consumption of alcohol. Um, or any other substance that they shouldn't be taking anyways. Uh, a noticeable weight change. One of the women that I know through Blue Help, um, prior to her husband taking his life, he gained a ton of weight. Mm. And she didn't understand that that was his coping eating was his coping mechanism that just finally didn't work um ending hobbies and activities you know if volleyball is your thing and you've been playing volleyball since you were 12 and suddenly you're no longer playing volleyball that's a sign um increased risk taking going too fast i see stories of um single vehicle accidents not responding to a call leaving the roadway, hitting a, a tree, and I get really suspicious. Hmm. I get really suspicious every time because it's either they, they're just, they don't care or they're really trying to hit that tree. Hmm. Um, so I, I see those and I go, hmm. Um, verbal clues, like um, statements like, you'll take care of my family, right? If I die, you'll take care of my family, won't you? Um, or actual threats of suicide. A lot of people who commit suicide say, I'm going to commit suicide. <laughs> and people and people don't take them seriously. Um, so those are just some of the things to look for. I think that agencies can be and should be better trained 
in noticing the warning signs, um, understanding how to have that very difficult conversation of, I care about you enough that you should seek some help. Right. Yeah, and I think the reluctance um, for either self-declaring or for one sworn member to identify another with having um, one or more of those those um, those issues that you just ticked off is the stigma attached to it. Right. And it's not just the stigma. Um, nobody in law enforcement wants to be accused of losing it, right? Because a lot of times we're in we're in control of situations. That's our job. So the idea that you're losing it is is sort of uh, you know, seen by some as as not being up to task. But I think the other thing that concerns a lot of cops are they wonder if they get help, if they get psychological help um, or help uh, to address some of the things that you just ticked off, that they'll lose their gun, they'll lose their job, they'll lose their identity. Not get promoted. Yeah, all those things. But um, again, I think we go back to resources and the size of an organization that has enough to support their officers. So in a large agency, if you have an officer going through some sort of level of distress, you might be able to take them off the streets, put them in a position of non-public contact, get them the medical profession, professional help that they need, uh, and you you put a, a rehabilitated officer back on the street in mm-hmm. three, six, nine months or what have you. Smaller agencies may feel the pinch and uh, an officer who says, I might get fired if I come up with these um, sorts of um, uh, signs. Uh, I don't, that shouldn't be a worry. I mean, your life is your life and uh, people can get treated and people can come back um, to, to self-medicate or self-treat and, and not get the help that's out there. That's, that's the worst thing you can do. That's, that's a, a clear path to failure is what that is. Um, and success, what success really looks like is, and you don't have to take a cop off the street entirely. A lot of really good treatment is available on a weekly basis or, you, you know, every other day or a couple of days a week, an hour session just to get stuff off of your, I almost said the other S word, but get stuff off of your chest, take it off of your shoulders, um, get it out of your head, you know, because a lot of it's, a lot of it's PTSD related. Mm. A lot of it is, I've just seen too much bad stuff over the course of my career. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's and then there's another thing. If you're in any way religious, you look, you can look to your clergy. You can look to the people in your church. Um, there are myriad support systems that are available, and they just need to be made known and um, made to be without st- stigma, like you'd said, without any kind of s- negative consequence. Um, and, you know, I think we're getting there. I, I really do. I mean, I, th- I think that over the course of the last few years, having watched this very carefully, um, especially the, the events in New York and Chicago, um, it, it, it kind of feels a little bit like things are changing. Yeah. Um, for the better in a, in a really good way. Yeah, I think I think we're still going to run into obstacles like HIPAA and not being able to discuss individuals or discuss uh, situations where you can identify an individual from the description. So 
Uh, record keeping has always been a problem when it comes to uh, assessing people for um, needs in regards to uh, stress or leave. Um, and we're going to have to figure out a way to get around that. And yeah. we're going to have to get medical professionals to help us identify people. Not on, you know, the idea of quitting a long time activity uh, like golf. Believe me, I've wanted to give up golf many times. That doesn't mean <laughs> I want to hurt myself. But, uh, you know, all of these things might chip away towards the bigger problem. And if, if you do see a pattern, um, you make the recommendation, you make the recommendation and, and the professional steps in and, and takes over from there. Um, I, I want to, before we get out of Dodge here, uh, I just want to mention that at the time of this recording, um, we're at middle to late June right now, and this will probably appear in July. 97 officers have died by suicide this year. Wow. 97 that we know of, and there are probably others that we don't. Mm -hmm. um, those are just the ones that agencies or families have reported to Blue Help over the course of the last six, and, six months and two weeks. Um, last year, it was 167 total on the year. The year before that, 2017, it was 169. In 2016, it was 142. 97 at the halfway mark puts us close to 200 for the year. Um, one is too many, and we'll never get to zero. It's just not ever going to happen. There's there's mental health issues that permeate all different in industries, and you know EMS and veterinarians, <laughs> remarkably, are among the highest rates of suicide for for a um, for a, a vocation. But in law enforcement, I think that we have seen, at least in the last couple of weeks, for my eyes, um, a couple of really nice, positive steps being made in New York and Chicago. And I really hope that agencies uh, out there that are listening to this podcast um, follow suit, um, talk to people, uh, professionals, uh, get some help uh, to help bring your agency kind of up to speed in recognizing some of the things to look for and some of the ways to act. Thanks again for listening.